everyone, welcome to another episode of Living on Rocky Top podcast. I'm Karsten Hoagland. And I'm Ali LaRosa. Today we're sitting down with Tala Shatara, a University of Tennessee grad who has spent much of her time here in the studio during her college years herself. She has gone on to become a lifestyle host and an author since her time here. Tala, thank you for being here. Oh my gosh, thank you guys so much for having me. Does it feel good to be back so in the studio? <laughs> it is so nostalgic. I called my mom when I was pulling in mm -hmm. and I was like, I cannot believe this was my life uh, <laughs> for so long. And it's you guys did a great job revamping the studio. It looks so nice. Why did it not look like this when we were, when I was here? Uh, anyway, thanks guys. Yeah, of, of course. course. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself, you know, where you're from. Um, yeah. All of that. Well, um, I'm an East Tennessee girl, born and raised. I don't really look or sound like it, which <laughs> I make that, that joke. But um, yeah, I'm from Knoxville, actually Alcoa, Tennessee, so I'm a Blount County baby. But um, I've always just really grown up here and always wanted to do really big things. And so, of course, you know, graduating from Alcoa High School, I went to K through 12. Then I went to UT and bleed orange ever since mm -hmm. then so um journalism electronic media was the path for me and um and i try to use it every single day in my professional and personal life so that's a little bit about me so tell us a little bit about um when you were here like what were your dreams like what did you hope to achieve with your journalism degree like what were you wanting to go into it's so crazy that people ask that considering what i do now or, or you know what I, my path that i'm in mm -hmm. now um because when i was here of course it was all journalism a lot of it you know and i really have to give credit to the university of tennessee um the college of communication information is phenomenal because they do really make sure you're well versed in you know if you go into journalism they're going to still make sure that you're well versed in pr communications information sciences advertising so they really took a good job of making sure that if i leave here and want to do a different path within communications mm -hmm. that i would be set up for success to do that so i spent a lot of time here um, working behind the cameras audio setting up mics yeah. doing things like that of course i spent some time on camera with different shows through the volunteer channel which is really exciting um, and so but what was so crazy is when i actually graduated I took a complete 180 turn and I said, you know what, I'm gonna jump out of journalism and try something else. So I actually packed up my bags literally a week after I graduated college and moved to Nashville and worked in the music industry. Wow. Oh wow. Yeah, so I actually took a completely different turn and at one point, I will say this for the record, I even said, I never want to be in local journalism or in TV or in journalism or in news or mm -hmm. anything. So that was something that I was very adamant about. Um, and I don't know why, I just know that when you spend so long doing one thing, you might wanna see what else is out there. Right. Which is totally fine, so I did that. Um, but you can't hide and you can't run from what is destined for you. And right. It found me again. So <laughs> right. that's kind of what I did when I was here. And I was very involved uh, at UT and especially at CCI. Mm -hmm. um, and I do believe it really set me up for success even till this day. That's awesome. Now, do you have a passion for music or was it just kind of like, I'm going out on a whim here and doing music? <laughs> you know what? I do have a passion in music and mm -hmm. I worked 
primarily for a performing right organization who've protected songwriters uh, for their work and their compensation. So I was allowing um, royalties to be distributed okay. to songwriters mm -hmm. for their music. And a lot of that was very much intellectual property, copyright law. And it was actually something that I was very interested in in general, regardless of music, but I was very interested in the communication law world. Okay. Um, and so I felt like that was kind of maybe scratching that itch that I had. Mm -hmm. um, so that was, but music was amazing. And to be able to say that I worked in Nashville right out of college on Music Row, right next to all those big names, um, it was very cool. People work really hard to get to where I was. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. um, it was a great moment to know that I, I was able to do that. That's amazing. That's really fun. So you mentioned that you were TVC alumni. Mm -hmm. What has changed um, from then to now? Like besides the set, what do you think? <laughs> I was gonna say the set. Yeah, that, oh that's a bit. That's so a big different. one. Um, you know, the biggest thing, and I love this, is your all's creativity and able to to run the way it can. Um, the staff here at CCI is phenomenal. Mm. Uh, Clint Elmore, shout out to him. <laughs> he's been he was been here since I've been here, and even before that. And I love seeing how he allows you guys to really get to pick and choose what really creativity creativity works for you, right? Because journalism and media and all of this, there's a formula, mm -hmm. but we don't have to stick right to it verbatim, right? right? It's so scripted when those happen. So he gives you that opportunity and I love how that's still here. In terms of changing, I mean, CCI, I mean, you guys have so many amazing shows. I love seeing the Daily Beacon and doing such <laughs> uh -huh. great things. They, I mean, even being at Channel 6, the Daily Beacon's a competitor. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we were like, make sure those college students are not getting the story before we do. That's hilarious, um, yeah. But that just shows the great work that you guys do, really, in student media. And it, and it just, it changes everything. So I hope that kind of answered your question. Yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, I never really thought of the Beacon being a competitor <laughs> with local news stations, but I guess it sort of is. Yeah, and it's a good problem to have for you guys. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely get out there. Um, so what would, um, you kind of touched on it a little bit, but like what advice would you give to current or potential journalism students for the field and post-college? Yeah, I, uh, it's, I have to like tread lightly answering mm -hmm. this question because mm -hmm. I you you sent me you know that question right. um, yesterday and I, I I looked at it and usually things just roll off my tongue right and I wanted to be careful and I wanted to make sure that this was exactly what I truly want to say because mm -hmm. I would have loved for someone to give me their advice right. in the position that I'm in with, with you guys mm -hmm. um, the first thing that I want to mention is to be adaptable right so everything is always changing Journalism is an ever-changing experience. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure you guys know this, just having a background in education in journalism so early on, you guys have seen the different mediums mm -hmm. and how they've evolved into the next big thing. So being adaptable and knowing that what we're doing right now is gonna look totally different in three to five years and to be adaptable and learn and be open to learning so that you can utilize those new skills into a new environment, that's so important. Um, Taking constructive criticism is so important in this job, right? Mm -hmm. You know, football players, 
we know our guys <laughs> every uh -huh. Sunday are watching film of themselves in a big movie theater and they're calling those things out, right? Mm -hmm. And it's okay, that's improvement. That's That just shows that we are not stubborn. That just shows that we are up to any challenge. Mm -hmm. And so something for me is being okay to know that when someone's trying to critique your work, mm -hmm. whether behind the scenes or in front, right. um, it's always someone who's looking out for your best interests. Mm -hmm. right. um, so taking that and not taking it too hard, because we can, you know, right. yeah. this is us, right? You mm -hmm. critique this, right. and I feel like it's a personal attack. Yeah. Or like, I mean, what else is there? Mm -hmm. And so um, being able to recognize that those are very helpful critiques and they will further you is so important. Um, in terms of someone post-grad, right, we work so hard to be journalism students mm -hmm. and it is just like any other field where they are putting you to the test every single day and you are turning packages and you are doing stories and you are writing up things and you're putting stuff on social media and it can get a little mm -hmm. monotonous, right? Mm -hmm. A little tedious and it's something that maybe you want to explore outside of and yeah. don't be afraid to push that boundary, to explore outside of what we do here, right? Mm -hmm. When I left here, a lot of what I learned was in the actual job that I wasn't taught here. So just know that when you enter that workforce or when you enter whatever you wanna do, just be sure to remind yourself that, you know, there's still always so much room to grow and to learn. And I think sometimes I've seen a lot of people become very stubborn in this industry. Mm -hmm. They don't wanna take on any critique and they don't last long. Right. Um, right. Because they're not adaptable. Mm -hmm. So that, that adaptab adaptableness, that really goes together. Um, in terms of really anything else, I just want people to know that it's an industry that is ever-changing, right? We've talked about the mm -hmm. adaptability. But something that's really important that I want to mention is it can be a hard industry. And yeah. I want to finally look at young people and mm -hmm. say, it's hard. Mm -hmm. It is... Um, it's it's something that can be a little too hard on ourselves, right? Right. On our physical selves, on our emotional selves. Right. Mm -hmm. Journalism, it's a privilege and it's beautiful. It's written to mm -hmm. the First Amendment. It is a privilege. And that privilege can become very taxing. Yeah. And so always making sure that you're human first. Right. And journalist second mm -hmm. is my biggest advice to someone who's a student someone who's a, a journalist within five years as someone who's been a journalist for 30 years. Right. Be human first. Um, people trust that. You know, when I speak to people in news or in lifestyle and I want to hear their story, a lot of times, especially people that have a story, can be a little hard to tell it because maybe it's a traumatizing story, maybe it's sure. too much. Yeah. When you're human first, they trust you. Right, mm -hmm. so you want to be human first. And those would be the three things, you know, don't be stubborn, be adaptable, and be human first is so important because when you are the job, mm -hmm. you can't, there's such a blurred line. Right. Yeah. <coughs> yeah, it's. Yeah, no, and I love how you said be human first because one thing I'm learning here as a journalism student is that there is a blurred line. Like when you go home and you still have to prepare packages, you still have to prepare scripts, and you wanna go out and have fun, mm -hmm. but it's like, I feel like I already have a job now, 
and I'm not even in the field yet. Yeah. And I yeah. feel like that can lead to an easy burnout. Mm -hmm. And that gets me scared for the real world and going into the field because it's like if I'm stressed now and I'm dealing with a social life, um, family stuff, schoolwork, trying mm -hmm. to get those internships, trying to be at the, at the top of my game all the time. Like it can be exhausting. So have you ever, and you probably have, but in those moments when you felt a burnout or I'm not good enough or I can't maybe do this, what did you tell yourself in those moments to move past it? You know what? I love that you asked that because um, I did have to have a lot of moments with myself, mm -hmm. a lot of late nights in the office. Um, and you know what's so crazy was every single time what got me through everything is the passion for what I do. Right. If you do not have a passion for this industry, mm -hmm. the burnout is 10 times worse and it's not worth it. Um, and so for me, a lot of those late nights in the office or dealing with people that I might not necessarily want to deal with. I mean, it's a bunch of different personalities mm -hmm. in one pot, right. right? So anytime that I felt that I was not doing well emotionally or even physically, I just always remembered, and I still to this day will always remember why I do it mm -hmm. because it's my passion. I wake up every day with the hope and honor to tell people's stories and mm -hmm. to be as creative as possible and to kind of be able to drive my own car um, and, and be able to do that. And, um, and I hope the same for you guys. Mm -hmm. And so I would say that the passion has to keep you going. Right. If it doesn't, you might need to start reevaluating some things. Maybe there's um, another route you might want to take or a completely different industry, mm -hmm. but burnout is normal and it's possible to make it through when you have the passion with it. Yeah, right? that's really good advice. Has, I'm taking that. Uh, yeah. It's, <laughs> Thanks, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here all day. But no, it really is hard just like the burnout. It's real. <laughs> yeah. Do you guys feel that as yeah. journalism students already? It just, it already feels like you're doing so much to get to the field mm -hmm. where it's like you're trying out so many different things. So like, for example, I'm a journalism student, but I have a minor in cinema studies. So mm -hmm. I really like film and screenplay and writing and things like that. But I just like directing something or being in front of the camera. So I'm trying mm -hmm. to figure out both directions at the same time. So I'm trying to get an internship with like a production team, but then still do things at TVC. And then it's like, I don't want to like half-ass things. Right. So I, it's hard to not like, I want to give my attention to both, but it's hard when it's split. And it's like, I feel like one's going down while this one's going up. And it's like, it's not just me, like it's other people. Like for a show, like we have a show called Vault News and I'm an executive producer on that. And some days I come in, I'm like, okay, I have to be peppy. I have to be the personality. And then... It's hard to just like step into that role and be like, all right guys, like let's go. And when people aren't passionate that are figuring out what they want to do, it's hard to find, to motivate them. Cause mm -hmm. it's like, I can't put that fire under them. That's, that's all on them. So I right. think it is hard, like expecting what it is in the field when right now it's like so many things thrown at us. And maybe that's just my, like I my think perspective. I'm, I'm happy that you mentioned that mm -hmm. because yeah. I think in college, and even in high school, the actual environment is everything's just thrown at you. Right. Yeah. Trust me when I say that when you leave here, if you do go into this field or even in any other field, mm -hmm. it's not that things aren't going to be thrown at you anymore. You're going to be more equipped and you're going to handle that. 
and they're not going to be as much thrown at you. Right. Right. It's not like they're saying, here, figure out what you want to do. You're doing what you want to do, hopefully. Mm -hmm. And then things that are being thrown at you are things that you have passion for, like I mentioned, to Mm -hmm. not get that burnout. Things that you want to do, things that you're eager to do. And, um, and never feel like one thing is going down while the other thing is thriving, right? It's gonna Mm -hmm. feel very balanced. Um, And that's what I, when I graduated from here, I remember getting my diploma, shaking the Dean's hand and (laughs) saying, all right, what's next? Right. Because it was that, because journalism and media, you're very susceptible to burnout. And of course, I spoke very highly about the University of Tennessee and the College of Communication Information. It's not that they burnt me out. It wasn't right. that they had caused me to switch my whole right. path. Yeah. Um, but it's in human nature. I graduated at 23 years old. It's in human nature to be able to say, all right, let me see what else is out there as mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. So don't ever think that just because you're not following that clear path that you're wrong. Right. Um, I hope that helps. Did How this just turn into a therapy session? I know. I'm yeah, like, I, I feel like I need For this. Real. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, little therapy session, living on Rocky Top. Yeah. You know, I, podcast, I ther- free therapy session. Mental you know. health matters. Yeah. <laughs> it does. <laughs> um, so talk a little bit about, you know, transitioning from that role from music to WATE and becoming a lifestyle host. What, what did that mean for you? Oh my gosh, it meant the world and it still <laughs> it still means the world. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it was actually kind of crazy because so when I moved from Nashville um, back to Knoxville, it was a very unexpected turn, um, which we'll probably talk about here. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, coming up. How did this even get I here? Know, right? Whoa. I, know, I know, but um, yeah, we'll talk about it in a second. But yes, I had um, a little bit of a snafu um, in my journey and uh, while I was out in Nashville, of course, there's this thing that happened. Um, I'm not sure if you heard of it. It's called COVID. Yes. Yeah, I mean, not many people know about it, yeah. but I mean, I'm glad She's that new. y'all are well-versed. Yeah. <laughs> um, but she, yeah, so she came out mm-hmm. and like kind of disrupted everyone's lives, yeah. right? So, so I lost my job and a lot of different things had happened. Um, every industry was failing in that yeah. time. So many people were losing their jobs in these unprecedented times. So... I moved back home to Knoxville and uh, kind of, you know, had to really start from square one again, Mm -hmm. right? It was almost kind of like, okay, lost my job and didn't have the means to survive out in Nashville anymore. I also had lost other things in that process, which we can talk about later. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And so I thought, okay, like I am a complete blank slate of paper at this point. So I knew that the right answer was to get back into the workforce and to rely on my degree at that moment. And I do believe that time had passed for me to want to go back and explore it again. Mm -hmm. And again, like I mentioned, it's changing, right? So when I left and came back, it was a completely different industry. Um, I mean that by saying I was lifestyle host for two years and lifestyle is not, it's a very new concept, Right. right? Past three to five years, it's very new and mm-hmm. many local networks and TV stations all across the country are now popping up with new lifestyle shows mm-hmm. everywhere. And um, when I was here in college, that wasn't considered an option. It wasn't really taught um, because it like it, it was very new. It was a new concept. Mm-hmm. Um, and so 
when I left news, right, when I left UT, I felt, man, like news can be very sad and mm -hmm. taxing because we talked about that burnout. Right. When you get burned out at your job, that's one thing. When you also get burnt out, plus also having a very traumatizing job and dealing mm -hmm. with very traumatizing um, subjects, that can be a double burnout. Right. And so I didn't want to have that. Um, and then when I knew that lifestyle was now an option when I moved back to Knoxville, it was so cool because I thought, oh my gosh, it's like the best of both worlds, right? right. I get to do what I love, but I also get to be happy. Mm -hmm. I get to make people happy. Um, and so that was very important to me. Um, when I came back home, I had to start from square one. So I wrote this cute little book. Uh -huh. <laughs> and, um, and of course, like I'm a writer, I'm a journalist, and I, I, I have to write to get my thoughts out. And so it was a very naturally written book during a very hard time. Mm -hmm. And I went on this show on local television, mm -hmm. on a lifestyle show to promote <laughs> my book. I was all the hats, right? Yeah, I right? self-published. So I was the sales girl, the media girl, the press, the legal, the business. <laughs> So I set up all this press stuff and one of them just so happened to be a show called Living East Tennessee on um, WAT, which is the ABC affiliate in Knoxville. Mm -hmm. And when I got there, of course, I was just taken back. I mean, right, a real studio. The only other time I'd seen one was this studio, right? right? And it had been so long and I'm looking around and I'm in awe and I can't even believe it. And then I said, wait a second. I have a degree in this stuff. <laughs> yeah. And so I said, okay, well, now that the book was published and it was all over and done with, and now I can maybe move on to the next journey, um, mm -hmm. I had let them know that that was something that I aspired to do and that was my interest. And it just so happened that they were um, in need of hosts for oh. the show. Wow. So that next Talk day. Talk about right place at the right it time. It really yeah. was. <laughs> It really was, and it kind of makes me nervous that maybe that just won't happen again. Like, I'm sure it will. How does that happen? It yeah. really, it was so, people come up to me all the time, and not to scare you, because you're going to be like, yeah. why did she say that? When you're in the public eye. Well, I when mean, people yeah. ask me, they say, is it hard to get into this field? And not, not primarily this field, but that job specifically, like a lifestyle mm -hmm. host, the answer is always Absolutely. Yeah. Right. Yes. Very competitive. Very few to go around. Right. Mm -hmm. That was almost too easy. I was like, mm -hmm. what just happened? Right. So I, I went in, did my interview for the book and then told them my interest. They called me the next day. I mean, after 25 minutes on the phone with the executive producer, I realized, I think this is an interview. I was like, <laughs> I was like why does he want to talk for so long? Yeah. But anyway, I was like, oh, my gosh, this is an interview. He had me come in the next day and test on air, and I found out later that evening that I got the job. Wow. And it was a very um, chilling experience in a good way. Mm -hmm. Like, it, gave, it gives me goosebumps when I talk about it because theoretically, the best thing that happened was getting that job, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it came out of a product of something that was the worst thing that happened to me. Mm -hmm. was right. Losing a life and losing my job and losing a lot of things that came with that. So, um, it was definitely, and not to get all religious, but it was <laughs> definitely uh, God was working right. in yeah. my life no, moment. No, for real. God's timing, it's honest, it's powerful. Yeah. It's amazing. It just happens. She's so good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's awesome. Um, I love seeing you on Living East Tennessee. You are amazing. Thank you. What, uh, what has been your favorite interview? 
I'm really used to this. Stop. <laughs> I know. Sorry, I had to oh bring that up. Oh my gosh. Wait, that's not in the questions that I know, you I'm sent sorry. me. <laughs> Rule number one. No, I'm just kidding. Gotcha journalism is the best, honestly. Um, let's see. My favorite interview. You know what? Okay, there's so many that come to mind. Don't do this I know. to me. <laughs> um, well, one of which was I, I always loved uh, relying on like my network, my peers, mm-hmm. my Facebook friends for really great stories. Like yeah. if there was something that I thought would make a good story, I'd ask you know Facebook, like, do you know anyone mm-hmm. that specializes in this or does something? And so. One of them was I met a man who literally is a collector of all things Dolly Parton. Really? And when I say collector, you might say, okay, like, who isn't, right? Mm Because we're all in East Tennessee. We all have at least, like, 30 Dolly things in our house. Right. (laughs) Um, But he has over maybe 5,000 items in one room. Oh, my God. And it's almost so insane to even imagine. I almost thought, like, she was tied up in there. (laughs) (laughs) I love him. I love him. Uh His name's Rodney Collins, and I love him. But, oh, my gosh, I was like, this is insane. But he was obsessed with her, and it was a great kind of obsession. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Like, it could be drugs, but it's Dolly, so it's fine. Mm -hmm. So um, it was really funny because, you know, little did I know that this guy who lives in the middle of nowhere, Granger County, has this huge house dedicated to Like, who would know? Yeah. And so that's the thing. I love stories like that. My also favorite kind of story is... There's not a specific one because there's so many, but I can tell you my favorite types of stories are the ones that I got to go out and do myself. Um, you know, take my own equipment, go out, do a story that I felt was, that I was passionate in, mm-hmm. doing a story that um, maybe, you know, it would take more work, but I was willing to put it in to do it and make it look really nice. Those were always my favorite stories. And I feel like you're more passionate when you literally do everything like when you film it you conduct the interview yeah. you edit it and get it out there it's i think they call that a micromanager <laughs> something like that yeah Maybe. no no i do enjoy like the start to finish and i always have i always say this i always have like a clear vision right mm-hmm. whenever i start a story um i already know what it's going to look like mm-hmm. in my right. head if i don't um it's very rare but yeah. i find a way to see it um but I have so many visions of my stories and that is my favorite part about it is seeing those visions come mm-hmm. to life. Because it's really, like you mentioned, being in cinema studies, mm-hmm. we're creating movies. Yeah. We're storytelling. And we can convey so many emotions through our words, through our angles, through our music, through our camera shots, through things that are said, things that are not said. And it's so cool to be a part of that process right. and, mm-hmm. and like really invoke emotion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've cried way too many times over my like laptop. I'm like, this is so good. <laughs> that's yeah. hilarious. But that's the passion you're talking about. Is that yeah. like, that's what makes the job worth it. And those are like, even on the hard days, like that's what you look back to and you're like, wow, like I did this. I know. Yeah. It makes and you keep coming back. It does. <laughs> yeah. It does. And of course, um, you know, I'm no longer with Channel 6 mm-hmm. anymore. And I still think about those stories and those experiences and it's what keeps me so grateful Mm -hmm. and it's what makes me know that I want to keep doing this for the rest of my life. Right. Yeah. That's awesome. So what would be your dream or, you know, have you already done it, but what would be your like (laughs) dream career out of journalism? You know what? My dream career would be uh, what I do Mm -hmm. just on a, of course, a higher scale. Right. right. It's always in this industry. It's it's moving on up. 
It's right. they always say it's it's move up or get out, right? right. Um, don't go backwards. It's it's you know really kind of try to find the next bigger opportunity, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and do what you do, but do it at a, a higher playing field. Yeah. Challenge yourself. See if you even can. I mean, I could even go to New York and I might crumble. Who knows? Mm -hmm. But right. you know, try. You don't know until you try it. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. If if New York, if you'll have me, yeah. I'll come. <laughs> um, but you know, it's very funny because I think like my dream career. I think I, I I live it every day just being in the communications world. Yeah. Right. Even just being on Instagram and creating content, even mm -hmm. just for myself. That is such a dream, right? Because we are in the driver's seat. Mm -hmm. right. Anyone can be a journalist and it's not a bad thing. It can be if it's the wrong person, yeah. right. <laughs> but it's, it, anyone can be. They can really spread so much knowledge and evoke mm -hmm. so much emotion and passion just by creating content. And I'm sure you guys just go on Instagram and you see that mm -hmm. just from mm -hmm. people you follow even here at the University of Tennessee, right? They're right. just evoking right. emotion. Yeah. So powerful. When I was talking to Abby Ham, she said the most, I was asking like advice, you know, what can she give me? And she said the best advice I can give is grow your social media because it's the only thing you can take with you in life. And it's I was so like, true. That is, that is so true. Oh my yeah. gosh. Bury me with my Instagram. <laughs> yeah, for real. <laughs> Literally, just when I die, like, just give me a phone and a charger and keep Instagram <laughs> open and put, put it in the grave with me. That's hilarious. That is so true. It does go with you. Yeah. And it is your walking resume. It really it, is. It's your brand, and you are able to – I mean, see, people say, be careful. Employers look at your socials. Mm -hmm. And I say, good. Yeah. Right. I hope – they do, because mm -hmm. work hard on that. Right. They really, you can see. And let me tell you something, TikTok and Instagram and all of these platforms, they have so many bells and whistles now that you can create just as good cinematography yeah. the same way you could with all of these cameras in front of us. Mm -hmm. It's very, very interesting. So um, it's kind of like almost everybody is able to do what we do. Right. So right. keep fighting. Yes. Yeah. I love that. So with that, comes like that blurred line how do you navigate like what to post and how much to show like your true self and dial it back sometimes well my true self is like you always have to dial it back <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh my true self is at a 10 always um but no, I am too. but yeah. that's the thing right and that's good see people want to be feeling like they're being related to right people want a relatable person um, so a lot of times when I was on air or if I ever messed up or something, my boss would always look at me and say, that's fine. That we want to show that you're relatable, that you are human, that is normal. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so I never was taught to ever walk into the job and be a different person. Right. Um, you know, clock in and clock out of Tala. And when you are the face of that job, um, there really is a very blurred line. You, it's very hard to separate the two. Right. So... I always have to make sure that the person I am outside of the building mm -hmm. is the same person that I would be inside the building. And it's not hard for me because I, I, I kind of think I have like a good personality. Yeah, you have a great personality. Yeah. So I'm not, like I'm not thinking it's too hard. <laughs> right. You have to be careful, right? Um, we've all said stupid things on Twitter when we were 12 years old, yeah. right? Yeah, we like, did. I mean, how many, like, we all have done that and we, we all 12, can like, still yeah. do that, right? Mm -hmm. Because um, 
age is just a number. Being dumb and making mistakes can happen at any age. Right. So it can happen to me at 27, mm -hmm. and it can happen to you at 21, 22. Mm -hmm. It can happen to someone at 60. So it's always about grace and humility, right? Not being better than anyone, mm -hmm. not being less than anyone, being a good human being and caring about people. Mm -hmm. and, and so when you ask kind of, it's almost kind of like wh where does Tala begin and when does she stop? It, many industries can have that life. Mm -hmm. This one can't. Right. Um, there's a lot of people in this industry who act very different outside of themselves on, on camera and people notice that. Mm -hmm. And it comes off very disingenuine. Right. And um, at the end of the day, don't be in this business if you aren't gonna show your real, true, vulnerable self. Yeah. It's not acting. Right. It's, it's actually real life. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. This is unscripted, yeah. you guys. Yeah. It is. Uh -huh. There's no script. No These script. Are not on. Yeah. Unscripted. I feel like I rambled. No. Did that make sense? No. No, it that did. made complete sense. I am the same human being. Yeah. I cannot change. You can't I turn wish it off. I could separate the two. Yeah. I never get to separate the two. But because I don't mind not separating the two. Mm -hmm. I, I even I meet a lot of guests when I did the show and they're very nervous and that's mm -hmm. fine. And I would say and they would actually be able to talk to me on commercial break and have a normal yeah. conversation. Right. But as we got closer to coming back to air, mm -hmm. I could see them tense up and I'd mm -hmm. look at them and i say, I'm going to be the exact same person yeah. when yeah. that camera turns on versus now. So mm -hmm. I'm not going to change up. So don't change up on me either. Yeah. We're going to still be able to talk to each other. So, and it's true. So um, if you are somebody that changes up when the camera goes on, <laughs> it, you might need to, you know, mm -hmm. evaluate some things. Yes. Right. Yeah, it's it's always easier to be yourself than it is to yeah. try to be like be something else. Exactly. For sure. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we have this sitting here. What is that? Oh, I know, right? I've never heard um, of her. Would you like to talk about her? Yeah, she's so cute. I love pink. Pink is like my my color. Um, this is called Finding Plan B. <laughs> it's my book. It's a step-by-step -step guide on kind of how to pick up the pieces when life falls apart. And as we spoke about before, it was a book born out of COVID. Mm -hmm. um, and so it was a book that I wanted to, of course, had my personal story in it and how my plans had changed. But I knew that because of COVID-19, that many people's plans had changed in some form or capacity. Mm -hmm. So anyone was going to be able to relate to this. You didn't have to have such a life-shattering experience to say, what is my finding plan B? Right. Um, and so for me, uh, I wrote this, of course, in a very vulnerable time. I met a man oh. in Nashville. <laughs> That's like the one thing that we hadn't talked about is of course, um, you know, losing my job was very hard, but before I had lost my job, I was also in a very serious relationship mm -hmm. and we were on the track to, you know, the white picket right. fence and everything. And of course that ended um, terribly. And so with that, like I mentioned, I came back to Knoxville with no job no um, boyfriend. I We even built a home and I lost the house. We, I mean, there were a lot of different things that to me, I felt like I woke up and my life was completely different. Right. And at 25 years old, it seems very young, but when you had everything and you lost it all, right. um, 
kind of seems very old. I'm like, I'm 25 and like <laughs> writing and like I have bags under my eyes. Like I, it was awful. So I decided I'm going to write about it, right? Because I've always wanted to write a book and mm -hmm. I, I don't think we rarely see a lot of books written out of the most happiest times. We see them more so in these moments. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so I decided if not now, then you know when I have to do it now. Mm -hmm. So I wrote this book and the true purpose was to not only help me, but the bigger purpose was to help somebody else. Right. Um, because I knew I'm not the first nor the last. Mm -hmm. And so that was really, it was a saving grace. Um, it's a Christian living book. So a lot of it was written, you know, with God kind of writing it for me. Mm -hmm. um, and I wanted to keep him at the forefront of the conversation because he was the only person that was going to save mm -hmm. a really hard time and a really bad place that I was in. Um, and so I really dedicate this book to him and his grace and his love for me and how he moved in my life. And mm -hmm. of course, like I mentioned, doing what I do at Channel 6 or what I had done at Channel 6 really was a product of this book. Yeah. And I, I owe my life to the worst thing that ever happened to me because it really opened a lot of doors and it will continue to open a lot of doors in the future for me. That's, Thanks. I yeah. love that. I feel like the that common message guy. for today Thank you. is picking up the broken pieces. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And one of my favorite lines is from a Katy Perry song. Uh, <laughs> one of my favorite lines is uh, rejection is just God's protection. Oh, yeah. I know. And yeah, I love that. And yeah. I use that every day. Well, thank you so much for being here. This yes. honestly been so therapeutic. Uh, me I know. too. <laughs> I know. It's just felt really good. Yeah, picking up the broken pieces. That's it a good is. show. Thanks, guys. Yes. And we'll definitely check out your book and your show yes. and everything happening. Yes, of thank course. Thank you. Um, thank you for watching this week's episode of Living on Rocky Top. I'm Ala Rosa. And I'm Carson Hoagland. And we will see you next week. <laughs>